The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us as we, a little later than normal this morning, but we finish out our week together in God's Word on this Friday. Uh, We hope you're looking forward to a great Sunday. If you're local, we'd love to invite you here to Grace Baptist Church in Bakersfield and love an opportunity just to worship with you and hope you join us uh, this coming Sunday. Um, If you're following along with us in Scripture, we're in the book of Matthew, chapter number 13. Uh, We're jumping into another chapter as we work through the life of Christ in the book of Matthew. And we're jumping into some parables that Jesus taught. Often one of the more popular sections to go to as he used parables, otherwise stories. It's a little more than stories. We'll explain in a second. But it was a great teaching opportunity. Um, And usually what happens is, so a parable was, it is a story, but it's more of a theoretical all right, so he wasn't necessarily telling a story of something that took place. Generally speaking, parables were not accurate events. Um, in parables, you never see a proper name being used. You never see a time. Uh, uh, there was no, this name of the person or this time or when it took place. They were just theoretical stories. Uh, a lot of people like to go back to Luke 16 where the rich man and Lazarus and hell, and they want to make it a parable. The problem is, for me, in that is they name people, they name, name places, they, they name the time and when, the, and when they lived. And so... Uh, it doesn't fit with any other parable in Scripture. And we've seen every other parable is is more allegorical. In this situation, as he normally does, he's using farming. Farming was very much a huge social aspect. It was a huge economic income time. It's really how the cities worked and the economic, it was the main economic push in those times. And so everybody would have had an understanding, whether they were part of a larger farming community or whether they just for themselves, uh, farming was something everybody understood. Uh, Today, we would use, I guess the way you'd probably look at it as illustrations. Uh, We give a sports illustration or a, you know, uh, social media illustration, things of that nature to where the principle is embedded in the story. It's not really necessarily always a true story, but it's embedded. When I say true, it's not necessarily an actual event that took place, but it's it's a story that the principle's embedded in. So you look at the story, and it's nice to know the history because if you don't know why Jesus is saying this, and you really don't, you're missing much of the point of history. One thing, or the interpretation, one of the things you understand when you're interpreting Scripture is you have to know who He's speaking to, why He's speaking to them, what's the history behind it. Um, all of these things, as many more, come into play as to what is it that Jesus is teaching. Here, So let's read starting in chapter 13, verse 1, and we'll walk through and explain this parable and unpack some truths here. In verse thir- chapter 13, verse 1, it says, "...in the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he, be- though he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore." And he spoke many things to them in a parable. Now we start off with, he came down and the crowd grew. We heard many that he would, it's not the first first time we've heard of the account where Jesus, um, it's, it's too full. Uh, too many people, so he pushes out onto a boat so that he could speak to the people because the crowd is growing, and they just wanted him to teach, so he does, and so, of course, he teaches using a parable. Another reason Jesus uses the parable, he says at the end of verse 9, he who he has ears to hear, let him hear. If people are seeking truth, parables are great ways to find it. If somebody's not seeking truth, parables won't make sense, and so he's purposely teaching to those really wanting to learn, and really for those just trying to find a way to criticize, there's nothing in this story they could use to criticize him or to say that he's a false teacher or whatever. 
So he says again, verse 3, Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched. Because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them, but others fell on good ground and yielded crop. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So in this situation, he's talking about somebody in those days when they would cast seed, they would just take hand and they would throw it. They would grab a handful of seed and they would chuck it and and, in, and it wouldn't always land exactly where they wanted to be. They had good soil prepared. They would have dug up the soil. They would have got it prepared for it. But as the seed would go, it would hit all kinds of different soil besides what was set up. Uh, and so there's different kinds of soil that was mentioned here. Now, the picture is that the seed is the word of God being sent out. The soil is the heart, different types of heart or conditions. And again, it's not the physical heart, it's the spiritual heart, the different conditions the spiritual heart are in. This one is intriguing because, um, and going down verse 10, he actually gives the interpretation of the parable in the same section of scripture. Verse 10, he says, and disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said, because it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Again, those who don't really want to know and are looking for criticisms, this is a way to hide it. For whosoever has, to him will more be given, to whom has abundance, but whoever does not have, even when he has, will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you shall understand. He simply goes through the whole premise, um, and he talks about the idea that those who are not interested in hearing, they won't hear. And so he gives a principle of that. Those who are interested in learning are going to hear those who are not. This is true in church. You can give illustrations. You can do everything you can to give a principle. But if someone's not interested in hearing the word of God, they're not going to hear it. They're just not going to. They need to have an open heart to it. So here's what he does. He goes down to verse 18 and he explains to the disciples the parable. Verse 18, therefore the, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, and the wicked one comes and snatches that away, what was sown to his heart, then he who received the seed by the wayside. Now here's the point of the wayside. This would have been dirt, but it would have been the roads pass in between the fields that had been walked on so much that the ground was hard. It was still dirt. There was no concrete. There was no rock in it. It was still just dirt. But it had been walked over that it was hard. We, we kind of talk this about the idea of a calloused heart. The world has kind of worked itself, and as our hearts become calloused because of the problems of the world and all the other things going with it, and so the seed never makes it past the outside of the heart, and the birds just come take it away. Um, then he says in verse 20, he who received the seed on the stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now stony, the idea is that dirt has fallen or grown, but the dirt is real shallow. You go down an inch or two and then it's rock. So really, you've got stony ground as the foundation, as, as the ground, and dirt has grown over it. So the it's real shallow. So the seeds pick up quickly and it begins to grow. In fact, it probably grows sooner than the rest because the roots don't have far to go. But as soon as the sun comes out, it burns up simply because the roots aren't deep enough because really what's underneath that facade 
is rock or hard. So really what you can see is somebody comes and has a religious experience, okay? Uh, they have all, they see all the right things and everybody's excited and they disappear from church. In my opinion, they probably were never saved. Had a religious experience, but they themselves probably never got saved. Um, you see verse 22, now he who receives seed among the thorns, you see who hears the word and cares for this world and the deceitfulness of riches choked the word, uh, choked the word. And he has become unfruitful. Now this is summoned, it's the thorns, and simply there's some good soil there, but there's so many other things around it. It just chokes out the truth. They hear the truth and they understand it is truth, but their love for the world and their wanting to just be engaged in the worldly thinking chokes out the truth. Today we say they have multiple truths or whatever it is. And so you hear it, you know it's right, but you just don't want to follow it because there's too many other cares of the world. And so you're choked out by these other cares some of them are your own personal desires, what you want, and you're, some say, I don't want to get saved because of all these other things, having really not understanding what that means. You're not asked to give up something. You get saved, and God teaches you and grows you through this. But that's the thinking that comes with it. Then he says in verse 23, but he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and produces some 100, some 60, and some 30. So the rest of the seed goes to people. Their heart has been prepared. God has been preparing it. And again, one of the reasons we look at that is proof that God does prepare the hearts of people. When we go to witness to somebody, you don't know who God's preparing their heart to or not. So you invite them to church. You tell them about Jesus. You create a relationship with them for the purpose of witnessing to them. All of this purpose is because you don't know who God's working on, and he may be getting their spiritual heart ready to hear truth, to hear what you speak into their lives. And so you're getting your heart, they're getting prepared for it, and God is now um, preparing them, and then as soon as the seat's put in, man, they're ready to go. And then true transformation comes from this, uh, and they produce fruit. And then that some 30, some 100, some 60, some 30. Not everybody will grow the same way while not everybody will become the same. Ultimately, everybody's got a different journey uh, when it comes to the Christian life, but that's the premise. They will grow from this. So uh, there's a lot more. You literally could spend weeks just studying this section uh, of this parable right here. But the simple principle is generally this is to the unsaved is God is putting out this truth of the gospel. And there's three groups of people out there um, for just a, a myriad of reasons that don't always get it. Now, I, I can even go back personally to the wayside heart. I could say that sometimes that could be true of Christians. Right? You could put that way. They know the truth, but their heart's callous from sin and anger and the world, and they don't hear the truth of the word of God. You could even say um, the thorny heart, right? That one, they're choked out by the world's the concerns, the fears, and they're not able to do this. And, and so sometimes it is just the word of God helping us to grow. Uh, let me challenge you, okay, what's the simple principles we've gone through all of this, is always strive to have a heart as a Christian that's sensitive to the teaching of the Word of God. Are you hearing, when you hear the Word of God taught and you know it's what you need, does it affect you? Is there conviction? Is God speaking? And then you have to sit back and, okay, what's going on? Why? Why is it not? And when you strive to witness to others or you hope to get people to church, don't get frustrated or discouraged because maybe one or two people you witness to aren't interested because it's possible. God has not prepared the heart. Some plant, some water. God gives increase. That might You might be the first person to invite them. Might be the first person to tell them about Jesus. And so just, just keep going, keep trying, knowing that God is doing the work and we just do our part and let God do what we cannot. Well, thanks for joining us this week as we spent some time together in God's Word. Uh, keep with us as we continue the book of Matthew. We'll be back on Monday as we continue studying the life of Christ. Thanks again for joining us and we look forward to seeing you again on Monday.